with the vibes. We're back for another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast presented by NBA 2K23. And as always, make sure you hit the link in our description to pre-order your copy because that's all you're going to be doing this this from September onwards, PJ. This is all I want to see people doing. Number one, tuning into the podcast. Number two, watching the games. And number three, playing 2K. That's the that's the three steps to success in life. Okay, that's all you're gonna be doing. Okay. So pre-order your copy. And guess what? You know, BJ, with the uh with with one of the editions of the game that you can pre-order, you don't just get the game, you get NBA League Pass as well. So you can watch all of the games and play the game as well. So that's two of the three. And the other thing you gotta do is the podcast. So just subscribe if you don't already, and then all three bases are covered. I'm moments here alongside me as always is the hater of mumble rap, Mr. BJ Armstrong. <laughs> no, well, that's not accurate. That's not accurate. It's not accurate. It's not accurate. Well, we just... lane, there is a lane for everything. <laughs> there is a lane. And Mo, myself and the word hate can't be associated in the same breath. Okay. The art. Okay, so not a fan of mumble rap. Is that what we should say? No, I I I prefer boom bap. <laughs> I prefer, but it's art. Yeah, man. And you can't ever, okay, disrespect art when someone's art because you know, in some sense, I'm an artist and I'm you know, I'm a I'm I'm a little sensitive about my <laughs> stuff. Okay. So if you prefer mumble rap, there is a lane. If you prefer pop, there is a lane. If you prefer rock and roll, I prefer that boom bap hip hop. It's very simple as that. I don't have to dislike. I don't even like using the word hate. I don't have to dislike something to persuade something else. You know? I hear it. I just prefer that boom bap. I hear it. And, you know, I hear it. It's fair and, enough. And, and at some point, Mo, we have to get you and I have to give the listeners this. We have to give them our top five NBA players, mm-hmm. and we have to give them our top five musical. Let's just say musical artists that mm. you prefer. Oh, and it could be anything. That should be whole... that should be a requirement to come on the show. Your top five players of all time, mm-hmm. and your top five musical artists. How about that? We're gonna have to do a whole episode on that because today we're continuing our series on each team in the NBA and how their off season has gone so far and how they're projecting out to be the next the next season. How that's gonna go for them? I will say on this, I did very much feel disappointed with. The song that dropped today, DJ Carlo featuring Little Baby and Drake. Big disappointment with that one. But we moved because we're going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks today. And um, they had an interesting offseason. BJ obviously involved with your boy JaVale signing over there. We're going to talk about that in a second. Yes. Should we have a look at the moves that they've made? The players that they've yes. got through the draft. They picked up Jaden Hardy, who we've spoken about on the show before, who's projected to go a really lot nice higher. Pick up. Nice pickup. Nice pickup. Steal the seventh pick in the second round. Jaden Hardy. They signed, of course, JaVel McGee as a free agent. They acquired Christian Wood in a trade, which feels like a lifetime ago. That was back in June. They acquired Christian Wood in a trade. The players that they traded for him, Sterling Brown, Trey Burke, Marquise Chris, Boba Marianovich, 
none of whom featured heavily in the rotation. So they've, you know, traded out some depth to consolidate in their starting lineup. And of course, Jalen Brunson, the standout player, aside from Luka Doncic from last season, signed with the New York Knicks, who are currently being investigated for tampering. I'm not going to comment on that. But he signed with the New York Knicks. And BJ, I want to get your reaction to their offseason overall before we dive into each player and what it means for the team moving forward. Because Kevin Pelton of ESPN said that the Dallas Mavericks had the worst offseason because they failed to re-sign Jalen Brunson. But I disagree. I don't think it was all doom and gloom. I think they made some nice additions to the team. What is your outlook on their offseason so far? I think the Dallas Mavericks had a terrific offseason, and here's why. You know, when you are building a team, and you and I talk about this a lot, and we'll be talking about it a lot as the season begins here in the 22-23 season, you have to build a team and have financial responsibilities, call a fiscal responsibility on how you build your team. I was happy for Jalen Brunson, what he was able to get in the free market. However, the Dallas Mavericks also had to figure out what they were trying to do as far as financially, what where they were willing to go and what they were going to need to spend in order to retain a player of that caliber or feel that they can fill that void another way. And they chose to go in another direction. So when you are building a team, you have to be responsible to the group. So to me, what the Dallas Mavericks did was they said, we know we drafted this player here in the second round. We developed this player here in the second round. But if we're going to build a team in particular around our best player, which is without question, Luka Doncic, we're going to need more than having $300 million just in our backcourt. Yep. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I respect it. I, re- I respect that. Now, you can look at it and say we're losing the player. Yes, they they developed that player. Jalen Brunson is a very good player. However, you have to go out and replace that player or build your team according to how you are building, what you're committed to doing. So I give them credit for that, for sticking to whatever philosophy they have. You know, you and I aren't privy to that. But I don't think it's a, a, a doom, gloom situation. I felt it was one that was a tough decision. And you know what? The Dallas Mavericks should get credit because without question, Jalen Brunson, he ascended to the level he's at because of the time, the development, and everything that went on that went on down there in the Dallas Mavericks organization. No one can take that away. And give them credit for saying, you know what? At this number, we're not we are not going to commit moving forward and here's why and we'll see how it works so i i i give them credit for that whether they're right or wrong and when it, right and wrong is going to be told by you know wins and losses right that's how we're going to evaluate it however jalen brunson without question when he was under the dallas mavericks or he played for them they were terrific and they went to the mm-hmm. western conference finals and no one can take that away absolutely and we'll talk more about Jalen brunson in that episode on the new york knicks that'll be here in the next couple of weeks but let's talk about the Dallas mavericks because it's not just the players they've traded for and the players that they've signed they also have tim hardaway jr 
coming back from injury, right. which is a big addition to the team considering he barely featured at all last season. So we had that to the mix and we had a question coming on the Twitter timeline from a big Dallas Mavericks fan, J4177. And he said on the Mavs podcast, uh, there isn't a bigger Mavs fan listening to the Hoop Genius podcast, believe me. So shout out to you. He tunes in every day. We show his love on the timeline. But his question was, Jason Kidd said that Spencer Dinwiddie would start and so would JaVale McGee. However, that means either Wood or Bullock will be coming off the bench. Sounds odd. So my question to you is, BJ, what would your starting lineup look like if you were the head coach of the Dallas Mavericks? Let me make sure I got this right, Bo. He said Dinwiddie and Wood would be in the starting lineup. And JaVale McGee. Yes. And Luca, of course. Yeah. So so Luca, Dinwiddie, and Javel and Locks. Uh what's the one kid there? Finney Smith. Is it Finney yeah. Smith? Dorian Finney Smith. They just paid. Well, him I, well, I like okay. You know what I do like? Do you know what I do like about that lineup? Is the versatility that they have on the defensive end. So so, so we're saying we're saying just Luca, Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, Wood, and McGee. Is that what we're saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay. I, I like I like the length. I like the size. I like the flexibility of what they could do. This team should be able to switch multiple positions. They have a rim protector. And if you have small guards, which I'm a fan of big guards, you should be able to play through your guards from the post. And then that forces your bigs to be the dive or put them in the dunker spot with JaVale McGee and Wood. Wood can shoot the three ball a little bit. So I like the size that they have. I know Jason Kidd, I happened to, you know, played against him in his playing days, and he was a big guard. So I think this size, at least on paper, gives them the, the, the versatility that they're looking for, especially mm-hmm. with Luka. I mean, Luka is literally a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, point guard. So you have Luka, Dinwiddie, Finney Smith, Wood, McGee, I like that. You've still got I, Bullock and you've still got Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. Coming I, off the I, bench. I, I like that. I, 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 liked, I, I like what they're doing down there. So, so nothing against small guards, but I love big guards. I, I think like, it gives you a little, I think it gives you a little look. I mean, I like, look. I like what, what stands out to me is the availability to kind of have versatile lineups now. So depending on what you need, because you can go the small ball, slide Christian Wood to the five and put in Bullock or Hardaway alongside that starting lineup. But at the same time, as you alluded to, that lineup is a very big lineup. It's a very big team. And we've seen this trend across the NBA. This is something we spoke about ages and ages ago. The Cleveland Cavaliers have clearly adopted it. The Milwaukee Bucks, they've got a very big team as well, especially in lineups where they put uh, Portis at the, at the four. And you understand the, um, I get roasted in the comments on TikTok, just to sidetrack slightly here. Bobby Portis or Bobby Portis. Everyone just Bobby roasts Portis. me in TikTok because I call him Bobby Portis. Yeah. I don't well, know why. I just always have. But aside aside from that, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, losing Jane and Brunson, how much do you think that the return of Tim Hardaway Jr. can fill that void? of uh, kind of a ball handler who can give them some reps whilst Luca is resting. Well, let's give Jalen Brunson credit. Jalen Brunson showed up and played very well for this team during the course of the regular season. And by the way, he really stepped up his game in the playoffs in the absence of Luca Doncic. I think that is what 
really propelled him to teams around the league saying he could be because he really he really propelled his game and took it to another level in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I, I you have to give him credit. And he stepped up because there Especially was no Luke's 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 Yeah. Yes, he stepped Absolutely. up and 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 they won. I think they won a couple games. Yep. In okay. Utah. In Utah. So give him credit. However, when you're playing with Luca, I think they're as far as statistics go. And I'm not a big statistic guy. I think they they will be able to manage that situation and get the same. Uh, I think they will get the same output, if you will in the absence of Jalen Brunson. I'm not saying they will he they will be just as effective, but I think if, if you take 17, 18 points out of their lineup, I think they can still plug that in and get 17, 18 points in just a different way. I think Den Witty is possibly can can do that. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. can do that. And then and the kid that they just drafted, um, you know, the the rookie that Hardy. they just drafted, I think, yeah, Hardy, I think he can do that. So I think they can get the same production. However, it will be different. And that's not to take away anything from Brunson's game and what he provided to the team. I just think they feel that they can plug in the same and get the same results that they were looking for, provided that Luca is healthy and he's playing during the course or the majority of the games in an 82-game schedule. So the other aspect is, how much of an improvement are you trying to see from Spencer Dinwiddie as well? Because remember, he came over in a trade from the Washington Wizards as things didn't really pan out there as he might have hoped for. Do you think now having a full offseason under his belt and being fully integrated into that system, he's going to be able to improve even more so than his play showed towards the tail end of last season? Well, the one thing, Mo, that I'm really interested in watching Spencer Dinwiddie this this year as compared to years past, there's a difference, Mo, between from playing against starters and playing against backups. He excels coming off the bench. He really, he's found his niche. He's found his ability to play, stay engaged. And when he's into the game, he can score a lot of points in a short amount of time. However, Bo, there's a difference and there's a different rhythm when you're playing as a starter. And I'm interested to see if he makes that transition from being a bench player to a starter because a bench, a starter has to carry a lot more responsibility than a guy coming off the bench as a bench he has to come out he has to come into the game and figure out whether he's hot or not if he makes his first two or three shots as a bench player he gets his minutes extended from seven minutes to maybe 10 minutes mm-hmm. in the run as a starter he has to manage the game he has to make sure Luca's getting his shots he mm-hmm. has to make sure JaVale McGee is engaged. He has to make sure what's the game plan. He has to defend now starters. He has to defend Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving. When he's coming off the bench, okay, maybe, you know, he has to defend Tyler Hero. Yeah. You know, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. All really good players in their own way, but there's a difference between defending guys coming off the bench and defending starters and how you defend. How you play, because you now as a starter, you play 30 to 35 minutes. As a bench guy, you're playing 22 to 26 minutes. So I'm interested to see if he makes that transition. And if he does, 
who's going to fill that void now to come in and give you those heat checks? Because Spencer Dinwiddie is a very capable scorer like those Jabal Crawfords, Lou Will. He mm-hmm. comes in, he could score a lot of points in a short amount of minutes. And to me, that's an art. Mm-hmm. And you don't see a lot of players who can go back and forth. So this is going to be a big transition. And I think Coach Kid will make that decision to whether to keep him in the starting lineup very quickly. He'll probably play with it for about 15 to 20 games before he says either this is going to work or it's not. Because we know Spencer Dinwiddie, he can come off the bench and be a very effective bench player and play that role and play that role very well. Most definitely. And when you look down the bench, you know, guys like Maxi Kleber, Davis Bertans is still there. He might be able to find some more rhythm. Uh, Frank Tilakina making an impact on the defensive side still needs to find his offensive flow within the NBA. The Mavs are looking, I wouldn't say very deep, but I, I think they've got a good squad that they've got going on. I don't think it's bad as some people have alluded to their off season. Um, and plus they have the experience of getting all the way to the conference finals. And more importantly than anything else, Luke Doncic is capable of beating anybody in a playoff series. You know, he is that level of superstar talent. And now from what we've seen of him over the summer, he's coming into this season, perhaps in the best shape of his NBA career so far. So the way that we've seen Luca play, he had a slow start to last year. He might hit the ground running this year, especially coming fresh off Eurobasket into the NBA and being in impeccable shape. How much will having that Eurobasket experience just before the season begins help him hit the ground running and make sure the Mavs don't get off to a slow start like they did last season? Well, I'm so happy that you started off and that you really alluded to the fact that Yes, they're going to lose some players here in free agency. Yes, they're going to, you know, their team is going to look different. However, you're only as good as your best player. Yes, and Luka Doncic, Luka Doncic, by all accounts, what we've seen and how he looks, this is the best I've seen him in the summer. Now, if he comes back to the team this year in the level of shape that he appears to be unless they are photoshopping pictures. <laughs> if he comes back in that type of shape, now, I was with him in Dallas Paris. Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks will be that much better. I, I could assure okay. you it's not be, Photoshop. Okay. Well, if <laughs> that is the case, they will be better. He will be better. The team will look different. And then we can start playing with the expectations because raise your hand. If you had the Dallas Mavericks getting to the Western Conference Finals last year. So, in my opinion, this team is ahead of schedule. They're still trying to figure out who and what Luka is going to be on a consistent basis. Okay. Is this in shape Luka that we're seeing now? Is that who he's going to be and who he's going to be and how he's going to be committed to the game, to his professionalism for the next 10 years? Or are we going to keep going this roller coaster thing where he's going to come in the camp and then he's got to play himself into shape, so forth and so on. If he can maintain his consistency, the sky is the limit for the Dallas Mavericks. Why? Because Luka Doncic is without question a top five player. He is an MVP caliber player and he's capable of being the best player on the floor against anyone in the league in any given series. 
He showed that last year in the playoffs, and he can do that against the very best. He's an elite offensive talent already. And the scary part about this is he's getting better. Absolutely. How is he getting better? His conditioning is getting better. To be the best player, you have to be in elite level shape. Giannis is in elite level shape. LeBron James is in elite level shape. Steph Curry, if if Luka can get in that level of shape, we are in for a real treat, Mo. We are in for a real, real treat this season. I know you're not a big fan of the stats, but I'm going to hit you with some numbers real quick, B. So Luka Doncic, throughout his career, in the month of October, so to begin the season, he averages 21.8 points, 7.6 rebounds, and 5.9 assists, which is an amazing stat line. And a lot of players would be thrilled to average those kind of numbers. But by the time January rolls around and he's played himself into shape, he averages 26.2 points, 9.5 rebounds, and 8.6 assists. That is a considerable jump in just a few months of playing basketball. You can see it slowly increase as time goes on. So if he hits the ground in mid-season form to start a season, the Mavericks are going to get off to a hot start and they're going to have everyone talking. What I want to talk about now, though, is the big man situation on the roster because they now have JaVale McGee, who's, of course, signed there, who gives them the lob threat as they run a lot of pick and rolls. They also have Dwight Powell, who's a similar player to JaVale McGee, although I think defensively JaVale might offer a little bit more. Uh, But then they also have the stretch picks. They've got Maxi Kleber, they've got Davis Bertans, and, of course, Christian Woods. So that's five solid NBA-level big men that they have in their rotation. Now, I'm going to be interested to see how much the Mavs' offense changes going into next season. Because throughout the playoff run, we saw the success where they were really running a five-out offense, right? They had four shooters on a perimeter and either Luca or Dinwiddie or Jalen Brunson penetrating, getting paint touches, getting both their feet in the paint and either scoring or kicking to shooters, if we're going to simplify it down to that level. But having seen the success of teams like the Boston Celtics, who have Al Horford and Rob Williams, one, you know, paint presence, big man, shot blocker, and a big that can stretch the floor. Having Giannis Antetokounmpo and uh, Brooke Lopez on the, on the court together. Having Jarrett Allen and Evan Mobley on the court together. So now maybe it's making me think maybe the Mavericks are the latest team to adopt this trend of going all in with the bigs and running those two bigs at the same time in their style lineup and primarily throughout the game. And having the Christian Wood playing the kind of the Al Horford role of a big who can kind of space a little bit. And then having JaVale McGee to play that Rob Williams role of, you know, being in the dunker spot and then on the defensive side, being relied upon as that final line of defense in terms of if the players on a perimeter get beat and cleaning up all the mess at the rim. How much do you expect this Dallas offense to change away from playing Maxi Kleber at the five? and Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, Bullock, and, and and then these guys. How much do you think they're going to lead into using these bigs that have got on their roster? You know, well, I'm, I'm a huge fan of bigs, as you know. I love bigs who can play above the rim. So the vertical game, to me, is a part of the game because you have an elite guard in Luka Doncic. We know Luka attacks the paint. This is really going to me. This is really about helping your best player. Mm-hmm. When you have a great player, you must surround pieces around that player to enhance what they do and what they do well. Luca can get in the paint anytime he wants. Every defensive coach right now around the league, when I was there in Vegas, I asked. 
how are you guys now going to defend Luca when he attacks the paint? Because if you come over now to attack the paint, that's a dunk. Mm-hmm. Christian Wood and JaVale McGee can play vertical basketball. So this will give them a different look. I think Luca is so good at scoring as well that oftentimes people forget to talk about his passing ability because his passing ability is he's up a, there with the best. But because his, there's so his much passing focus. ability is on par with his scoring ability. Mm-hmm. That's what makes him so special. So now you have Luca Doncic has not one, he has two guys he can play vertical basketball with. So in the paint, you have Wood, McGee, and Luca. Good luck with that. Okay, that's the first. Then you can go small and you can put Bertons and Kebler and all those guys space the floor. So I like this versatility that they have. They are enhancing and beginning to build a team around what Luca brings to the court. He's versatile, his versatility. Okay, and now they're flexible enough to play big boy basketball if you so do that, or we can stretch the court. If you so do that, why do you, it's important to stretch the court because teams are going to have to go zone against this team. Mm-hmm. They did it last year against Luca. Yep. You have to game plan against Luca. Now Luca has the versatility to do a lot of things. It just really opened his game up more than anything. So I like that. I think it's, it gives them depth, which to me is a huge part. And when you're building a team, they have depth. And they don't have any duplication in the players. They all bring something unique in and of themselves. The only consistency that you need here to make this work is Luca. The health of Luca to me is what this is all hinging on. If he can get 70 plus games and the playoffs, we're in business. Yep. Well, he's given them 72 in his rookie season, 61, 66, and 65. So we get five extra games. 70 games. That means they have rhythm. They, 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 they they know their roles. They, they understand what it is. And now the coaches are just going to find their matchups. If, if Luca can do that with, with all of these weapons that he has surrounded around him now, this team is going to be a very formidable opponent for anyone in the regular season. And even when the game slows down, Luca is already playing slow. <laughs> so he's waiting on you. He plays at okay. his own pace. And he's better. He's better in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I really like it. I like what Dallas did over the summer. So there's two questions to round this one off with. The first one, I think Luca could come out and average a triple-double this season. I wouldn't be shocked if he came out and put up a triple-double throughout the whole season. He's not that far off. Can I say something, Mo? Can I Go say ahead. something? Go ahead. Over the weekend, I was looking at some highlights. I sent you the highlight of Bill Russell jumping over. Yes, yes. The that, was, that was also featured on uh, my show In the Paint, live on Snapchat, if you want to learn okay. more about Bill Russell's life. <laughs> In that in that video, I was, I was I was scrolling in the video. I was just amazed. I looked at that video maybe ten times. Yeah. Said, wow. What a, what an athlete. And I scrolled, and in the same video, I saw another thing, another stat that just really, you know, you know, really like just blew my mind. Tiny Archibald led the league in scoring and assists in the same year. 
Mm -hmm. And I began to think, is there a player today that could do that? And immediately I thought Giannis. I was like, yeah, he probably won't. He probably won't average enough assists to do that. Jokic. It's like Jokic, but you know what? It's 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 going to be very hard, especially with Murray and these guys coming back. He's got to, you know, these last two years have been kind of an anomaly. But then I started thinking. I said Luca could do that. Luca could average nine ten assists, lead the league, and without question. Luca could average 25-30 a night without question. Mm-hmm. So I think Luca has the capability to be the next player to do something to me, which is even more impressive than a triple-double, to lead the league in scoring and assists. Well, last season he was third in scoring and fifth in assists. So he's not that far off. I think Chris Paul led the league in assists last year. I don't know if he's going to do that again this year. Um, and on the assist list, interestingly, the th- the second place was James Harden, but third and fourth was Trey Young and DeJounte Murray, who are now on the same team. So one of them is more than likely going to drop out. I don't see both of them averaging nine plus assists in the same backcourt. So it's up there for the taking. I think Luka Doncic can make a run, a very strong run at the MVP. Like you said, it depends on his conditioning to start the season, but also how many games he plays. If he can give you 70 games, I believe he's going to be top two in that MVP conversation. Do you think Lucas, we all know Lucas capable. What do you think is the likelihood of him actually winning it this year? You know, every year I pick Luca to make that jump. So I'm not going to pick him this year, which means he's going to win it. (laughs) I'm just going to focus in on what I I'm, I, I like what I see. I like the commitment. But more importantly, I, lo- I love it when I see young players begin to put it all together. Mm-hmm. Physically, he has all the gifts that you need. He's a big, strong athlete. He's a tough athlete. He plays through contact. Magnificent handle. He has all the things to play, separation, so forth. Phenomenal passer. So I think he has... Everything you're looking for. Now, the one thing I want to see, there's two things I want to see from him this year. One, I want to see him play and involve his teammates and allow them to carry the game. Because we know what he has. He can finish the game. Mm-hmm. But I want to see him say, okay, Spencer Dinwiddie has it going. I'm going to let him carry the second quarter. I'm going to let this guy carry the third quarter and then I'll finish the game. That's what the great players do. They finish the game. Mm -hmm. And I want to see him come back this year in phenomenal shape. I really do. I just want to see, I want to see Luca in phenomenal shape. That's what I really want to see. You yes. need to see the defense improve because we, we can all sit here and sing his praises. Well, I feel th- that's like, going to improve. If he's, in, if he's in better shape, that will happen. And, and I feel like he really bought in more, not, not to say he was a great defender, but he bought in more after, was it game two against the Phoenix Suns where they were really targeting him? You know, they were going at him almost on every possession in that series. And he had that all-time great quote of everyone likes to talk when they're ahead. And then he came out and just destroyed them for the rest of the series. So we've got to see Luca buy in a little bit on the defensive side of the ball. 
um, because I think that will really close the gap in the MVP conversation. Because otherwise, you're still going to take Giannis every day of the week. Um, well, we yeah, just, Giannis is going to be in the conversation. You know, you know we know I mean, that. Giannis Everybody. lives in the conversation, but doesn't get the respect he deserves. We're going to talk about the Bucks in a future episode. The next episode, we'll talk about the other conference finalists, the Miami Heat. Um, that's going to be an interesting conversation because they've not done much. So stay tuned to see our takes on them. If you have enjoyed this, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you follow along Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you might find it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, write us a nice review, a little five-star rating. It doesn't hurt. It helps the show boost us up in the charts. Same as Spotify. Leave a little five-star review. It would be greatly appreciated. We thank you for tuning in and rocking with us. BJ, once again, thank you for your time. And as always, until next time, you guys know the vibes. Get buckets.